Nerdy Tardis Podcast, the only Doctor Who podcast on the net where the hosts are bringing you episodes every time they say they're going to precisely when they mean to. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me here for this episode, as always, my kindergarten classmate, Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, dude? How we doing, man? Great. It's uh, good to be back. Back from what? It's like, I mean, we, yeah, we, technically we, we, we do this podcast anywhere. all the time, Chris. It, it was a day. It was technically one day that we missed. That's right. Prove me wrong. I have a question for you, though. I was thinking while watching uh, this episode, if you were in the market for a dog, yep, right? We were. Uh, did you have a name picked out or no? If you if you were going to get said dog, did we were we were we were kind of all over the place. We it was, right. I I honestly don't even remember because I am kind of like blanking that part out of my mind because <laughs> literally money down on the dog. Right, the decision right. came down to we're no longer getting the dog, and it was right. very disappointing. But um, why? If, what, what, what do you get names for? If if you were going to use Doctor Who as like the the you know what you're going to to name your animal on, what would you pull from what we've seen up till now? Would you take something and name an animal out of all of the characters and names and slippings <laughs> that we've seen? <laughs> would you name your what would you name your animal? And the reason I'm saying that is because I think I'd go with magpie. I was just gonna say, you're, are you gonna say magpie? Really? I think I would go with magpie. Would I think you, that you is a go with great. Rose? I mean, we saw the rose dog in uh, the Age of Steel. We see that. That's true. They did name it. Yeah, I don't know. I think Rose is too easy. I think with all the names that we get in this show, you got to go something crazy. Go with magpie. And I like magpie. I think magpie. I go magpie. That's crazy. Uh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone? Thank you here for tuning in to the Tardy Tardis podcast. Of course, we are two guys who do have never watched Doctor Who, and we are watching this here right along with you, and we're glad you guys are coming along on the journey with us. This week, we are talking, or on this episode, we are talking about The Idiot's Lantern. This is from season two. This is, uh, what, episode seven of, uh, yeah. of this uh, season? And so, Chris, we're going to start off like we always do. Before we get to the plot... Just initial mm -hmm. impressions of this episode. What do you think <coughs> of what, what you've uh, of this episode compared to? I don't want to go back to season one. Let's talk season no. two, where this yeah. episode fits in season two. So the first time I watched this episode, I didn't like it all that much, and I think the reason why I didn't like it was because we're coming right off of the Cybermen, you know, back-to-back mm -hmm. uh, -back episodes. That were so good. We pulled so much out of those episodes. And then this one is almost like a stand. Like I know I guess they're all real standalone episodes. But there's nothing in this episode other than just what's right in front of you. There's no deeper meaning to like the doctor, I don't feel. Uh there's you don't you're not pulling as much out of like, you know, like what we do for this show is yeah. just sift through everything. Um and I didn't feel like it was there was a like a, a ton of substance there other than the main story. Yeah, like so, there, right. There's no, nothing adding to the overarching Doctor Who story. Like, yeah. do, are we going to see any of these people again? Do you think anything from this, from well, this episode? Is there anything that we will encounter again? Well, I have in my show notes okay. uh, one one character that we may or may not see again. Okay. So, um, 
But overall, I, I mean, but where, then, do you, where do you think? But then I watch it again. I watched. I've watched it four times. Um, I li- I like it more now, and I because because I got away from the whole follow up from you know the Cybermen, and I was like, just forget about that. Just judge it on its own. And it's a decent episode. It is a good episode. There's some great, great <laughs> Doctor Who lines in this thing. Great <laughs> Doctor Who lines, um, which we will get to. But overall, I, I did. I, it was an enjoyable episode. The more I, the more I watched it, and just focused on what was going on in this episode, I liked it. My my feelings, I think, from yours, kind of were the same way of how you know I first watched it. And I don't think it wasn't that I didn't like it. It's a very different episode and like i i didn't dig too deep yet in to see who wrote this or the director or anything like that but like it just seemed very different you know we didn't we didn't get a lot of the just goofiness from the doctor i mean sure he's he has some good lines in here but it just didn't seem like i don't, I don't know like it just it feels kind of out of place in what right. we've seen kind of up to this point with uh you know david Tennant as a doctor so far right. like i mean he he still kind of has that quirkiness to him and i mean the the uh interrogation scene is great you know, when he, he he somehow just is able to flip that uh, conversation oh, yeah. back on those guys, but it's just yep. this this episode has a different feel. <laughs> but then you know, I'm kind of with you where the more I when I watched it the second time, definitely enjoyed it uh, much more that time. And part of that I think is just because like it almost seems like Rose and the Doctor in this episode are more just um, I don't want to say bystanders. I mean, obviously they're part of it, but it's like everything is kind of happening around them, and they're just kind of there observing a lot of it. And you know, until the end when Rose obviously gets her face ripped off but uh it's just like you know a lot of it is just you know the the family mr Connolly and, and the Connollys. like it's a lot of them who you know mr Connolly is one of the most vile people we've seen up to this point i mean he's he's the dad from harry potter like why is this kid not living under the stairs like i was waiting love for this him to guy. kick him under I the love, stairs i love this guy ridiculous we'll, we'll but here, get to him let, let's let's read the plot so like we always do here is the plot from the idiot's lantern wikipedia page so here we go the Tenth Doctor lands in northern London in 1953. While looking around, the Doctor and Rose see the most, that most of the houses have TV antennas on them, which Rose recalls should be rare in this time. They question a local merchant, Mr. Magpie, about the TVs and are told that the TVs are on sale to celebrate the coronation of Elizabeth II. The Doctor and Rose witness someone being taken from their home with a sheet over their head and driven away by the police. The Doctor and Rose question the Connollys, a local family, and they are introduced to Grandma Connolly, whose entire face is missing. Before the doctor can learn more, the police burst in and remove Grandma Connolly. The doctor follows where the police are taking her while Rose investigates Magpie's shop. At the shop, Rose discovers an entity calling itself The Wire, an alien that managed to escape execution by its people by turning itself into an electrical form. The Wire seeks to consume enough minds to recreate a body, also sealing the face of the victim in the process, and plans on using the broadcast of the coronation to do so. Rose is unable to flee before falling victim to The Wire as well. The doctor locates a holding pen where the police are keeping the victims. He speaks to Detective uh, Inspector Bishop, and the police bring in a faceless Rose. Angered at Rose's condition, the doctor, Tommy Connolly, and Inspector Bishop confront Mr. Magpie at his store, and the wire reveals herself and tries to consume them. But upon seeing the doctor's sonic screwdriver, she stops, retreats into a portable television built by Mr. Magpie, and escapes heading for the Alexandria or Alexandra Palace television station. The Doctor and Tommy connect the portable device to the transmitter, allowing the wire to start consuming minds while killing Magpie. And the Doctor uh, and Tommy 
Oh, wait, the, the doctor connects his device to the transmitter and the wire is captured. The victims of the wire return to normal and the doctor shows Tommy that he has captured the wire on a Betamax cassette, which is priceless. Uh, the doctor gives Tommy the scooter he was riding throughout the episode and he and Rose celebrate the coronation with the rest of the town. Now, one of the characters that I hope we see again that was mentioned in that last line is the scooter which is one of the first <laughs> things we see at the beginning of this episode. And the doctor on the scooter with a helmet is one of the greatest things of all time. I need a t-shirt of that now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, okay, we need a t-shirt of him clearly busting through a mirror on a horse. <laughs> and then the reflection another in one. the mirror is the scooter. <laughs> the, the doctor riding anything we need shirts on, <laughs> whether it's a horse or a moped. Whatever it is. But yeah, man, like that was like both doors of the TARDIS were open, which I don't think happens a lot. No. And, and he came out. <laughs> what? But like later on when he's in the chase scene, when he's like chasing in the middle of the night, Dude. he stops to put his helmet on. If, the, if they're getting away, why are you putting your helmet but, on? Like, But not only on. that, but not only that, like he goes after the same truck the same way twice you you weren't anywhere near them the first time when they got away and then you did it a second time the bike doesn't go any faster the second time you're going after these guys i almost question oh, like man. did they have scooters like back then they, i mean they obviously did because nobody they looks at it, it yeah. as that it's out of place like nobody's true like, I didn't think about what is that, that? like <laughs> motorcycles existed but did these tiny little goofy scooters exist but, like if he brought a hoverboard back <laughs> yes. to that time <laughs> yeah, with Marty McFly out there with his uh, <laughs> shoes that automatically flip up. Oh, I mean, that man. would be one thing. Um, I, I had a thought like in the very beginning of this, and I don't know. Obviously, we don't know because this is as far as we've gotten. Um, I, I th this episode would have been really cool for some reason if it was in black and white. Just because of like yeah, the yeah. TV and like TVs yeah. are new. And, you know, but there is that one scene where the wire turns color for a brief second. And to have that scene just turn at color. Oh, like, like, like a Wizard of Oz kind of style. Like, like yeah, just for that, that like five cool. seconds that she changes color and the whole show itself changes color for the that brief moment, I think kind of would have been a cool add a little feature. But yeah. just, yeah. That would have so. crazy. What do you think of the doctor's hair? Like, Dude, I yeah, I, I, immediately so, stood out the minute you see him in the beginning of this episode. I was just kind of like, "What is off with him?" And then I was like, "Oh, it's his hair." And then at first I was like, "Oh, that's not right." But then you realize they did it purposely because we're here in the fifties. Rose is obviously in the in the poodle skirt, so like it just fits. And the time they, where were they supposed to go? They were see. supposed to see the Ed Sullivan the Theater Ed Sullivan with show, Elvis, yeah. and Elvis was Elvis was supposed to be on. Yep. So uh, that's clearly why they did it. But um, and the funny thing about that is, like, I, I looked up that um, perform. Well, just not not the performance of Elvis on that show, because what he says is like they wanted to go to New York City. Uh, where does it say he goes? There's there's supposed to be New York City to Ed Sullivan to see Elvis. Um, and they say something like it, it's he says something where I got to play here, but they, they he says something to the fact of like. There's craziness going on. And it's basically like Beatlemania. You know, like when when the Beatles were in Ed Sullivan, you just have right. those teenagers going crazy. Uh, he goes, like, a lot of people are are freaking out or however he says it. Um, so I'm wondering, like, if they were going there because something was wrong or he just wanted to see Elvis on Ed Sullivan. He wanted to go see the pelvis. Is that what he calls it? Is this, Elvis is, is called the pelvis. Said? 
Yeah, when they so, called him the pelvis, he still had a waist. But the interesting thing about that is, in reality, Elvis did three days in a row on Ed Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And Ed Sullivan recorded in New York, obviously. Uh, Elvis was not in New York. He was in Hollywood because he was filming a, a Really? Movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh. So they so how the TARDIS always brings them to the wrong place. If they had gone to New York City, they still would have been they in the wrong place. They still would have been in the wrong place. How about that? <laughs> yeah, what do you think of that? I mean, the TARDIS, like, just they can he cannot control it. Like it just they can try to ballpark it, but never goes where he wants it to go. No. You know? No. Uh yeah. It's that seems to be like a running theme, obviously. Yeah. And I read something else where they this is the second time that he's tried to bring her somewhere where there's music. Um, I can't remember what the other one was, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Mr. Conley. Cause this man, I mean, if they ever do another super Mario brothers movie, like this is the guy they need to get. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> or actually, I'm sorry. He played Wario. He needs to be Wario in the, the super Mario brothers movie. But I mean, this guy is just such a vile, vile, character man like there's nothing redeemable nothing to like about this guy i mean at the very end when you see you know him and his son kind of walking down the street you know and rose kind of because basically and and again this episode like a lot of these episodes has to have its touching moment you know these episodes for as silly and over the top as the show is it always has that moment and rose knowing what's happened with her and her father like she tells him like you're gonna regret this like Mm -hmm. go after him you know you only have one father basically is what she's saying like be with him and, right. um, you know, so that moment, obviously a little bit touching, but, uh, yeah, Eddie Connolly is just, I dude, there was so many geez. classic epic yelling <laughs> lines in this episode, <laughs> uh, from the doctor to Mr. Conley and Mr. Conley, man, is the whole, like, I am talking yeah, And then, <laughs> and then the doctor standing up just being, where's he, he goes, uh, uh, what does he say? He goes, I am not listening. Sa. <laughs> that's, that's another t-shirt we got to have. Just like, I am not listening. Sa. How do you spell sa? Like, I mean, obviously we have the subtitles on, but I love the one thing that kept coming up in this episode was in it. Like, oh, that's really? interesting. Okay. In it. That's right. Like, Dude, the, I, you're right. This you're right. was, yeah. there was a lot of in it. And now being, we're not from, Britain like I know there are kind of like how here in the states we have like people with southern accents we think or like New England accents they have a lot of that in in England where there are just these different areas I want to know what what is that what is that accent when someone says in it in it because they don't all say like a lot of British people they don't all say that but like here in the subtitles of this episode they made it a point to spell it that way like that's true I-N-N-I-T that's true it's weird I don't know it's Part of our education. I guess. That's right. Part of our Doctor Who education. <laughs> um, but there was, yeah. So Conley yelling constantly at his family. Um, What's what he had like, a, just his mouth was weird. Like the way his mouth, yeah. it almost looked like a, I don't know, just the way the guy's like, mouth moved. It was like almost like a Play-Doh or something. And then he had like the little mustache like, over it. It looked, dude, <laughs> it looked like the, Oh my God! This is another never-ending story reference I'm gonna make. It looked oh. like the Rock Monster. Yes. And the- <laughs> as soon as you said never-ending story, 
because it's like claymation. I think that's what those yeah, things are made out of. It's almost like that. The yeah. way it moved, like this guy just has a weird mouth, but it's but he's perfect. Like this actor was perfect for this role. Oh, God. Um, um, when he's when he's yelling, I'm trying to find the line. When he's yelling at uh, what's the what's the Tommy? He's yelling yeah, at Tommy, like... and then the mother comes out, um, and he starts yelling at the uh, the mother about the the grandmother he's he's saying something he's like she was disgusting <laughs> gets his whole Filthy body into disgusting it. thing is what he keeps <laughs> just spitting everywhere i mean could could there be an argument though that like what he's doing is to help the family because well, ultimately he's turning all these people in but it's like he's trying to get in his, what in his eyes are these monsters and these unnatural people away from his family because ultimately he doesn't know what's going to happen, right? Like, what? who are these, like, just creepy people? Why are these people, why are their faces gone? So he just wants right. to get them out of their neighborhood, get them gone. And that's kind of like what what the, the what is it, Detective Inspector Bishop? Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, that's kind of what he's doing, too. Like, they're just holding these people in the cell because they don't know what to do. Yeah. And they know this is like a, a big moment for the country, you know, the coronation and everything. So yeah, literally like, and think about that. We wouldn't know what to do either. If we saw people who had just like lost their face. Um, and even like our local authorities probably wouldn't know what to do. Um, so they're just putting him in a holding cell right now. And then it's almost like they're just trying to get the coronation over with and then figuring out what to do. Um, but that was dude, like when he, when he walked in and there's just that cage and they're all there and they're like twitching like their hands and stuff like that. Yeah. That was a little bit creepy. It was. Yeah. And he, he's got balls of steel, man, because like he just walks right in the middle of them. <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near no, that. No, not at all. He nope. just walked right in. Like, I, that's just the confidence of the doctor, which is awesome. Um, loved it, man. I love the, uh, I'm watching the scene right now where the doctor just gets punched in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't see that come. that often, right? Where he just gets nah. just nailed. Like, but he, he wakes ripped. up for like, he comes right out of it really quick. Yeah. <laughs> he says something like, oh, that was a hell of a right hook. <clears throat> it's crazy. <laughs> um, what do we know about the special effects for the faces? Like, did, is that in the notes? Like, I didn't read the notes. No, I, mean, man, I didn't. I didn't see anything about that so like, i don't did they know have on like some sort of like a green screen thing on their face and they were able to Maybe. kind of project something on there because it i mean it was pretty good i mean you kind of look good. at it and you know you could tell obviously there's something going on there uh effects wise but you know when you have groups of them it is creepy to see literally it you know it's what do they call it, like kind of that uncanny valley when you see something um like on a human or like in a video game or something that's cg that should be human like but there's something off it's just something in your mind gets triggered and you're just like, that's not yeah. right. And that's kind of like, what you see in this is like, you can see them from a distance. You don't see the face. It just throws it off. It was tough to tell if it was CGI, which I think it was as opposed to like, just like a mask pulled down. And yeah. then just because I, I, in the beginning when they first showed the grandmother, it looked like something like they were, like she was wearing a mask. But then when they showed Rose, that's where it kind of looked like it was possibly CGI, but it was it was well done either way. Yeah, creepiness factor was still the same. Um, One thing I do want to talk about is the psychic paper. We see the doctor okay. use this again here 
And when he, he's running to get past security, he shows it, and suddenly he's the king of Belgium. And they're like, no, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Do we know, and I, I'm trying to remember back when we've seen this used before, we saw it actually in the first episode of Age of Steel. They got to choose who they wanted to be via the psychic paper, right? When they right. were they became the butlers with the, um, you know, walking around the dinner party, basically. Right, right. In this case, like, did he choose to be that? Because he seemed kind of surprised. Is well, the TARDIS telling the psychic papers what to say, you know, or is this kind of like how it does where it, it lets them hear other languages or how, my do, you, guess how do you is, foresee it? My you guess know? is it's both because earlier in, in this episode, when they first get to the Connollys, mm. he like real quickly like takes the lay of the land in the in yep. the house and then he just holds it up and he says, you know, working, however he says it, like basically like they're working for yeah, he's like an inspector or something like that, right? Like for the queen, like there for the um, the coronation. Yeah, they're working like for that. the queen or something like that, and and so it could be either because later on, like you said, like he's just running uh, when he's trying to get up the radio tower or whatever, and he's just running really quickly and he just holds it behind him, and the guy just reads that he's what is he the king of Belgium? King of Belgium, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, could be either. And there's I'm, I'm trying to think back of. Uh, other times where he's used it and i think it's both man i think it could be kind both. Of when he wants so, it it can be whatever yeah. he wants at certain times right which right. let's talk about him climbing the antenna the ladder. that is like one of the cheesiest things but it, that's what makes that scene so yeah. great it reminds me of like those old scenes you'd see from like batman the old batman show like batman and robin like climbing the rope up the building yes. but it was like they were clearly walking like <laughs> You know, and they tilted it. Even though it's not that bad, like he's clearly nowhere up in the sky. Like no, he's clearly on a uh, Hollywood set. But I love it. Like that is what makes not only the scene but the show. Like when we get moments like that, it's awesome. Yeah, that like like you said, like you could totally tell. Like he, they didn't do a good job of giving the impression that he was high up in the air. (laughs) Just say that. So, um, I liked how. Rose is like continuing to like gain confidence in herself because the second time like he goes after uh, whoever they kid they they the people in the car when they yeah. kidnap something I think it's the grandmother yeah they bring grandma yep she she stays behind he's yelling for her he's like we got to get him or or they're gonna get away and she looks over and the TV is doing like some weird things so she stays yeah that's you true know what I mean so she stays behind I mean it it's later on it's to her detriment because she gets a blank face. Um, but she, she's not like scared to go investigate on her own right yeah. now. I think we, we've talked about this before, but like, I would be terrified to be time oh. traveling and be broken apart from this guy, you know, but yeah, she is somewhat tied to the TARDIS now. So there's gotta be some sort of connection where, you know, even if you get lost, like you still yeah. have that tie to the TARDIS and maybe there's well, something calling you back to the TARDIS, you know where it is. So in the end you're connected to it and... Definitely that, definitely that. And she knows he is not leaving without her. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because like when he, when he's in the, uh, police station and they're trying to figure things out and, uh, it's pretty cool how he does, he makes interrogate, turns the interrogation into a 180. Totally. Um, this is awesome. And then when Rose walks in, cause they, they're like, Oh, we found this one just walking around the streets and they got a blanket over her head and, they pull it. He knows it's her just based on like, he can see like the skirt coming out almost. Yeah. Um, his attitude just changes. 
And he what he says, he's like, uh, there's nothing on this earth that can stop me. <laughs> and he just like, you know, it's over. You know, it's like he goes into that other like when you mess with Rose, he goes into another gear. Like it seems like during all of these things, he's just he's having fun figuring these things out mm-hmm. for the most part. There's some, there's been a lot of moments where like he you can tell he's like genuinely scared and I don't know how we're going to get out of this, especially in like with like Rise of the Cybermen. But for the most part, like he's loving this stuff. Like when when Magpie has that little Pip Boy thing, <laughs> whatever he, it is. That's what I was thinking. It's like a Pip Boy from Fallout. It is. Yeah. Like he he whenever and he does this multiple times. Like when he sees technology, he just gets so excited. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you are beautiful. <laughs> like it's great to see the like, girl in the fireplace so when he like unmasks him and he sees what's yes. under there. He's like, look at this. Yes, I love that yeah, about like a him. Like, death machine, and he's loving it. As as like much as he has seen and how all knowing he is, he gets excited about like little things like that. So, yeah. But when he when 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 he saw Rose, it was like, all right, now you're getting the doctor, and you're not gonna be able to stop him. Nope, I'm on yep. my way. And yep. that was what shortly after uh, when after we go back to the interrogation, he delivers one of the best lines. Where he says that, uh, what's he say? He tells the inspector that he knows that no one can put their hand on their elbow and make their fingers meet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. He's yeah. just like the, the like the the world is. Well, he doesn't at this point know what's going on with all right. these televisions, but he knows things are bad. He just was in a cage full of faceless people, and he's making he's cracking jokes. And did you notice in you we watch it with subtitles? The uh, policemen, or however you call them, over there. Detective Inspector Generals mentioned Torchwood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In the background, you could hear that. They're saying uh, Torchwood will be on them if they find out what happened. So. Yep. Torchwood kind of threw everything, man. I just just recently again watched um, uh, what's the werewolf episode, and that one like that oh, is the foundation so of the Torchwood yes, Institute. Yes. You know. Yep. Yep. It's a great one. So, um, I was gonna say, why don't we like talk about the whole. Like what exactly the wire is? That's that's exactly where I was going to lead. Like the right. wire itself, we learn all we know about the wire. Obviously, we see the actress that plays the wire built into the TV. Um, the backstory is they were going to be killed, right, or I guess exterminated, executed by their people. Yeah. And this creature, this entity, whatever it is, was able to create or put itself into electricity and escape into this TV or wavelength electrical circuit, whatever you want to call it. And it presents itself through the TV and it's trying to rip the faces and basically suck what the souls or whatever it is out of people so that it can recreate itself. We never learn in this episode what What race it is or anything. Right? We really don't know. Nope. Hmm. And on the show notes, we never find out. This is, this is the one and only time they've been in, a Doctor Who episode. Like, could it be a Geth? Isn't that, isn't Geth? Isn't that what they're yeah. called? Kind of like the spirits from season one. My wife is literally yelling in the other room right now. My <laughs> wife is pulling a doctor right now, yelling in the other room. <laughs> um, but what, what were they? The Gelf? Is that what they were called? The ge- the Geth the Geth. Geth. I think it was the Geth. I don't know if it was the Gelther. I can't remember. But they now. were kind the, of like a uh, an entity that was kind of a like... spirit based. You know, we saw them coming through flames. Like, I kind of was thinking that with the wire. Like, could they be from that same stock, if you want to say? But in the same sense, like, 
if they escaped into the electricity, I would just think that would just be a natural ability of the Gelf to do that. The, like they could just could do be. that, right? Because they're in propane hidden in the walls. They could <laughs> just immediately go into electricity in a TV. Like it's not the, like they're escaping there because the other ones would just come after them anyways. And it would just. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. The, the goss. <laughs> love that episode that's that's, that's still one of my favorite episodes it's a creepy one could be but i think he would have been able to figure that out you know he he's he's seen a lot but they don't all they just really say is the wire right they don't say yeah. like the planet that they're from they don't nope. say uh you know like you said what kind of race they are um and yeah they're they're basically they they are well this one in particular wire uh, has come to the United States because the coronation is going on TVs. Everybody has a TV now or they're mm. getting TVs. So it needs all of those people watching TV. That's where it sucks its energy from, uh, to what, what do they say? Like recreate themselves or regenerate themselves or something yeah. like that. Yep. Um, and magpie <clears throat> is the owner of the television shop and they've made an agreement to sacrifice, not sacrifice him, but he, he can be, He's, he's going to be let go. He's not going to be sucked in because they need him to sell his televisions to all these people. Right. And um, wherever it was, where, where's the name of the place that they're living in? Is They have a massive like tower where they can yeah, send Alexandra that signal Palace out. Yeah, Alexandra Palace or something is, yeah. is where that tower is. So, um, And they know everybody will be watching the coronation. So if there ever right. was a time when you have you know the most amount of people at that point watching something at the same time on TV, that's right. going to be the time to do it. And so The Wire chose that time and has Magpie right. working for it basically to just distribute all these TVs. And, um, and I think like a lot of what I read on – a lot of people don't like this episode. A lot of like the Doctor Who fans, they don't like this episode and they don't like it for – those those reasons that the the wire is never seen in its true form never explained up till hmm. i'm pretty sure like the the articles that i was reading maybe they are i don't i didn't really look at the date but <clears throat> they were maybe only a, a year or so outdated but to my knowledge they haven't been brought back so I, I think people don't like that i think people want answers which i liked hearing that because I like shows that give us answers and don't just keep right. us guessing. Um, and they hated when she would just keep screaming and going, <laughs> feed me, and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, absolutely. Like, feed me, Seymour. Just <laughs> yeah. yelling constantly. I mean, it's literally, this had to have been some little bit of inspiration there because that's the first thing I thought oh, of when be. I saw that. I was like, oh, God. Gotta be. But I love how this Got show just... Plant has random scream like even with the 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 one with the uh in the school and the the, the guy just who, yells he would just start yelling <laughs> and it, and showing his teeth <laughs> he would just start yelling she just out of nowhere just goes feed me hungry <laughs> i love that i want to make it my uh, ringtone um so that's kind of like where the downfall i guess comes with with this episode anyway but you net and then going back to magpie because his his thing was he had to go up the radio tower yeah first so does he die i mean we're assuming he dies and we never really we never really see what happens we don't see like uh yeah i don't know i mean i i would assume magpie dies 
I never thought of that. I mean, I just it didn't even click. Like, yeah, we don't see Magpie at the end of this. No, no. Hmm. But you know, you know what would have saved him? Rubber soles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Swear by him. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor is always prepared. Always prepared for any situation, even when you're climbing a tower with a uh, pit boy that has a uh, electrical monster in it. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's ready to go. Now, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? I, well, I was just gonna say, like going back to how you said, like a lot of Who fans don't like this episode. Honestly, I think they don't just because it's it's different. This yeah. episode is so different than everything else. And I not that I want to say this episode isn't fun, but like it just doesn't. I don't know. Like, and part of it again, Mr. Connolly is just. I mean, he, that, he plays that role perfect, but like just that whole situation is just, it's weird. It's different than what we've seen up to this point. And um, I could see why a lot of fans just don't like it. But on the flip side, again, the doctor riding the scooter is one of the greatest it's things classic. ever. So it's like it's you classic. have, like you do have two sides of this that is just, right. I love it. Um, Talking about Tommy for a minute, like he, yeah. when he finally like stands up to his dad. So <clears throat> this is right after... Rose comes into the police station. She's got a blank face. Doctor is pissed. Uh, he goes right over there. He goes right over to Tommy's house, and he wants a piece of Mr. Connolly. And uh, Tommy stands up to him. And what I loved was the doctor just stands back. He doesn't get involved. True. Yeah, he doesn't. Nope. He like, and, and that's what's great about him is he like when people start to like figure things out. He lets them go. And like Tom Tommy's what Tommy's figuring out is his own manhood, basically. You know what I mean? And he's got some great lines where he's because uh Mr. Connolly is like, I fought for little twerps like and Tommy's like, You fought for little twerps like me to stand up Dude, for myself. Yeah, hold on. That that that's a moment in this in this episode that definitely hits home as well. Cause it's like, you know, the time period you have World War Two fighting fascism i mean they even bring that up right there and he's like and you're you know literally become he's literally becoming mr Connolly is becoming what he fought so hard against in world war ii that's like a big serious moment in this episode you know that that totally and and the doctor just lets it happen yep doctor just lets it happen if you go back and watch that he doesn't say what he says what he needs to say to Connolly when he first answers the door and then when tommy takes over Doctor just lets him he go. Now you... his, are his arms crossed in that moment? Like the doctor just kind of standing there or his hands in his pocket? Like I can't remember exactly, but it's just uh... like the classic doctor just standing there like, yep, going to let you go. And, you know, yeah. I think that's what we're learning about the doctor just in the name. He goes and he fixes or helps in these situations. And this is one of those moments. He went back to this time to help help Tommy, man. I'm watching it right now. Like <clears throat> they just show him basically from like the shoulders up. So okay. I don't really know how. So. Um, you mentioned World War II. Did you notice anything about the antennas on all the houses? Mm-mm. Whenever they get hit <clears throat> with the the wire radio frequency, uh huh, they all they all resemble swastikas. Really? Yes. You didn't notice that? No. Was that in the notes? And it, and it is in the notes. Wow. It is in the notes. Yeah. So it was intentional then. It was intentional. Huh. It wasn't. So I I noticed. I didn't notice it first time or second time uh watching it and as i was doing re-watching it the second time i was writing the notes down and i saw that so i went back and watched it again and yep they're definitely there yeah do you think Crazy. you know i mean we're, we're trying to speculate about who the wire is and mm-hmm. what type of creature and obviously all of 
who fandom still wants to know because I guess clearly we don't have an answer for it. But like the wire recognizes the sonic screwdriver and backs down at that point, right when the doctor pulls that out. So somehow the the wire has encountered that weapon or whatever at some point in the past. In the past, right? I mean that that's got to lead you... to. <clears throat> See, I didn't, th- I didn't see it that way. And maybe you're right. I, I just thought, because the wire said something like, uh, the doctor has, oh, and, and he has like technology or something like that. However, however it says it. So I didn't really notice the wire taking note of the screwdriver itself or just that they know that he is kind of like a creative guy. Yeah, but you're right. It. You're right. It probably is that they, it does know the screwdriver. Yeah, because he slowly slips it out, and she just says, "Ah, armed. armed He's armed yeah. and clever. Withdraw, <laughs> withdraw." And then she stops. Okay. And so, she knows it's a weapon. I mean, it, you know, it could just very well be a point, a pen or a pencil. But the wire realizes, like, wait a minute, that's a weapon, or that could do something, right? Because I mean, yeah. what what really could he have done in that situation? Just shut it off. I don't know. I mean, every he can point it at anything and it just does something. So, yeah, I still don't know the. Just shut the, the TV off. I still don't know the all of the goings ons with the screwdriver. Is the screwdriver like the Superman of screwdrivers? I was thinking the same thing. Where it's just like whatever they needed to do in the moment, eh, I could do it. Superman, eh, I could see through walls. He can shoot lasers. He can run fast. He can impervious to bullets. He can't get cold. And like screwdrivers, the same thing. Like shut a TV off with a creepy lady's face on it. Like lock a physical door <laughs> like, yep. I was thinking the same need. exact thing it is the the superman of <laughs> of tools that is so funny <laughs> that's what i want a shirt we, yeah we just need to start selling shirts dude but it's, i know it's man sonic screwdriver and it just says the superman of tools <laughs> <laughs> i do anything <laughs> I get, who, who, who do we gotta hire who's that guy that used to do the uh, infomercials with the headset vince with, with oh the, my god we get him and he's just up there with a stupid headset in like the middle of costco like showing you like the sonic screwdriver and just doing all the things like sucking up water with it like you know making a milkshake sonic's this uh, sonic shamwell <laughs> oh, that's awesome. i love it but that scene when he goes in, when he first goes into magpie electronics and all those faces are on yes. the screen that was that was great. You and then Rose obviously too. he hones in on Rose. Tommy sees his grandmother. Yep. Um, and you, you can't hear them, but they're just yelling like help us or something. Did you ever like as a kid kind of be scared of like a TV thinking that they could see you through the TV? Like, did you ever have that? I think after like Poltergeist, I was a little weirded out on TVs for a little while, mm-hmm. but um I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I, I really ever thought like your TV was watching. Uh, yeah, I never did. I was more of a window guy. I think I might have told you that before. Like really? I didn't like going by like open windows, especially at night. But <laughs> the only thing on TV, and I'm I'm reliving it right now because there's a new series on Netflix, Unsolved Ooh. Mysteries. Even yeah. though like oh. nobody is singing that theme song, man, like could be playing, and I would hide from the TV just because of that. And I don't think it was because I would think someone was going to come through the TV. It just terrified me. Yeah, man. It, it worked. That's what it was supposed it to do. It still works. You're right. And You're right, man. Quick side note. The Netflix <laughs> yeah. version, have you watched any of them yet? The first episode, that was it. With the guy who... Uh, Off the building. They found the hole in the roof yes. and everything like that. Yeah. But 
at the end of that theme song and it says unsolved mysteries and you see Robert Stack's like yeah. silhouette. Why did they do that? That's terrifying in itself. Like Robert Stack is haunting unsolved mysteries. I hate it. <laughs> That's an unsolved mystery in itself. It is. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Anything else on the well, episode? Are we ready to get on? Well, notes? yeah, I think the great thing is, um, you know, he gets Tommy's help to do what he needs to do. He gets all these, he MacGyver's everything together and goes <laughs> wires. Up the, I always yeah. love the doctor with just wires hanging yeah. off him. And Seriously. Tommy helps him, you know, basically foil the plans. <clears throat> and then he, um, he, he gets the, the, the wire is now housed on a VHS tape yep. and he was able to record it on a vhs tape and that's where it's housed and he basically tells Tommy, he's like i, I just created uh is this a vhs or i created well I, this is or he he said he, i've created this i don't even know if he says vhs i mean and according to the phantom that's they say that he says betamax, betamax. but i think he says he created it what like 30 years earlier 30 or years like earlier yeah. yeah and then at the end like after everything is done <clears throat> um seems like the whole street is having like a block party which is a really cool scene. Um, and they have a, just a massive like table down the middle and it's like food everywhere. And uh, Rose is asking him like, you know, what, what's he going to do with the tape? And he just goes, well, I'm going to tape over it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm, uh, have you ever fell victim to that accident? And he's not accidentally going to tape over it. But I'm sure when, you know, mm -hmm. we were growing up and taping everything, <clears throat> you've accidentally taped over something on vhs we just found this is funny we just found i used to race bmx bikes when i was a kid and right. my mom pulled a bunch of them out and we were going through them and watching them with my kids so they could see me and my cousin racing and this dude you got to see this video it's great it goes oh. and then it cuts off and it's nickelodeon yeah. from probably like 88 or 89 and on a sunday they had a bmx race like on Nickelodeon called like, you know, Nickelodeon sports, but it's got all the old Nickelodeon commercials, all oh. that, but it like cut off. Like, you know, you see like me and my cousin, like kind of cheering or, you know, after one of our races and we sh we're walking towards the camera to start talking and suddenly Nickelodeon cuts oh, in from 1989. And my mom was just like, what? Like, why did you record over this? Who knows when we did it, why we did it. But yeah, man, there's all, all tapes as a kid, man. I mean, yeah, that's what we did. You know, we, we couldn't just go into YouTube. Like, we had to set no, things to record. No, I've done. I can't remember specifics of uh, what I've taped over. But the funny thing is, like, I remember, like, the gut punch feeling of taping over something and yeah. knowing, like, I cannot get that back now and my it's life gone. is over. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess it's Crazy. the same feeling of, like, what, not backing up your phone nowadays? <laughs> like losing photos, maybe, I guess. That's yeah, yeah, maybe what which, it is, but yeah, crazy. I so. don't know. But uh, let's move on to some notes, man. What do you got uh, on this episode? All right. Well, fun stuff. I, I didn't say anything when you were talking about it. Writer Mark Gat Gaddis also wrote Unquiet Dead. Oh, okay. Which is the, the Gelf, uh, which, right. like I said, is one of my favorite episodes. So the title of the episode was suggested by Gareth Roberts, who recalled the term being used by his father to refer to a television. So he used to call television the Idiot Lantern. Um, this was one of the earlier instances where the 10th Doctor displayed a ruthless and overpowering personality when his patience and mercy were pushed to their boundaries. And we kind of talked about that. Like yeah. we kinda, when, when he he's finally saw Rose, Rose, he's, you know, he, he was angry. He was Very visibly angry. angry. 
<clears throat> so far, this has been the only appearance of The Wire. Uh, what they truly look like remains a mystery to this day. However, one of the working titles was One-Eyed Monster. So is that a reference to what they look like or a reference to a television? Say, I would take that as a TV. I think okay. that's it. Yeah, it's kind of All trying right. to tell you the TV is a monster. In uh, Doctor Who magazine 515, Mark Gaddis told uh, the that originally the story was written for the ninth Doctor and Christopher Eccleston. Tommy was originally to be played by Nicholas Holt. Tommy had a crush on the doctor, but Rose would think he was interested in her. And in the end, Rose and the doctor would have a conversation about this crush and her making assumptions about the doctor. And doctor who, man, like we've talked about this, like, you know, they, they, they're pushing boundaries with a lot of different like social issues. Mm hmm. And I feel like I do, we do a lot of notes and there's always like some like gay stuff going on in some of the these episodes. So and this is 2005, 2006. Still wasn't like very. Still wasn't as mainstream. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it wasn't. So hmm. good on you, Doctor Who. Um, I'm telling you, man, Doctor Who, like, again, we went into doing the show thinking like, oh, this is a goofy little show. And the more you watch it, like there's a lot of heart. Absolutely. And a lot of thought. And it's it's Absolutely. a very smart show for as yeah. silly and goofy as it is at times. It's a really smart show, man. Yeah. Like they really put things like that in there and, and yeah. you know, it's kind of ahead of its time. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, all right. So all the television aerials, they call them, uh, seem to resemble Nazi swastikas. On the DVD commentary, one of the set designers mentions that this was done to evoke the post-war era in which something isn't quite right. Hmm. Interesting. Magpie Electronics continues to be seen throughout the series in a number of different electronics. So we'll have to keep an eye out for those. I Definitely. know that um, in in looking you know through notes and stuff like that, there is a moment in an episode. I don't know if it's this, I don't know when the hell it is. I don't even know if it's with um, <clears throat> David Tennant where he needs to fix something on the TARDIS and it's like a magpie electronic product. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. So I guess this comes up a lot throughout. And I was thinking about that. Like we're talking about t-shirts and stuff. I kind of want a magpie electronics t-shirt. <laughs> that would be cool, man. We got to just start a doctor who can we do this? Like, is that, is it legal to start doing shirts? Some people listening to this, is it legal for us to start like coming up with these shirts or, I mean, I guess we're just making them for ourselves. Does it matter? For sell, I mean, I don't think we can make a profit on them. Yeah. I'm sure they have like Magpie Electronics like trademarks. There's, yeah. But, There's got to uh, be Magpie Electronics shirts, right? There's got to be. There has to be. Hmm. We'll look. So Margaret John, who played Grandma Connolly, had previously appeared in Fury from the Deep in 1968, which I is. I love that. Uh, yeah. So that's a uh, old Doctor Who episode. 38 years before this story. She thereby held the record for the greatest span of time between guest appearances. Wow. Uh, Doctor Who. 38 years. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, this is the second time the Doctor has tried to take – here you go. Uh, has tried to take Rose to a rock concert in the past only to get uh, the time and or place wrong. In t It says Tooth and Claw was the other one. I can't remember off the top of my head where he was going to yeah, bring. Where it. were they going in that one? Huh. Uh, what do you think if the if the doctor had a favorite band, what do you think his favorite band would be? <laughs> probably, probably I his 
favorite song would probably be like Pink Floyd time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd have to be. I don't know what his favorite band would be. I don't be. know what his favorite band would be, man. Like I, after this episode, I mean, you're, I would be thinking 50s, 60s. So right, just Elvis, Elvis, and Eagles, in maybe like. Yeah. It's weird. I think we should send that out Buddy to the Holly. audience. <laughs> I think people should send in emails on what they they think the doctor's favorite band would be. There you send go. that one in. Email us. Uh, <clears throat> the doctor and Rose try to arrive at 1956. Elvis Presley perform at, El- at Sullivan TV Studios in New York City. Uh, but arrived mistakenly in London three three years earlier. Um, so we talked about that, and I feel like that's just like a poor effort by the TARDIS. I think. <laughs> <laughs> because like typically, like when it's off, it's off by like centuries. Years. Yeah. If they want to go like uh, you know nineteen. 19- 71 they go to 1871 this was close but not good do you think I, th- yeah do you really think the tardis maybe just like knows like okay this is where the doctor wants to go <laughs> but there's this pressing situation over here we need to do it so we'll kind of ballpark it and it can be a hundred years into the tardis a hundred years is close enough you know because of how many years it can span and in this case it just happened to be yes kind of the same year but in a totally different place. I it could be that, or it could be the simple fact that we've seen the doctor uh, take like a mallet to the TARDIS, <laughs> yeah. and the mallet. This is the way of saying "f you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna bring you wherever I want to bring you. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but apparently that's a running thing that the TARDIS is always getting it wrong. Um, and then as far as reviews go, the Idiot Lantern received mixed reviews. Ian Barriman of SFX gave Idiot Lantern a rating of four out of five, calling the main plot fairly insubstantial <laughs> and noting it would not please viewers who liked everything explained. Really? Because I feel like everything kind of was explained. I mean, the well, only not, thing is the wire. The wire. That's I mean, that's, that's probably the only thing is like who fans maybe come to it and they want to know like, a, like oh, I mean, kind of like. Star Wars. You know, a lot of times we go into Star Wars and we want to know everything, even though we don't. And for me, part of the fun is speculating. So that's why, like, I'm fine exactly. not knowing the history of The Wire. Like, it's, it's cool knowing it's a little bit of mystery there. And it's then it has us guessing, like, well, what else is about it? And you can kind of build in your head what it could be. That, to me, is more fun than just coming out and saying, like, here it is. This is how it fits in. This is, you know, where you've seen it in the past, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's kind of nice having a little bit of mystery right to it i think and then even i mean do we know does the doctor even really know like usually he knows everything like he always seems to know where these creatures are or whatever in this case he's just kind of like oh it was a creature that was going to be killed and it's now it's in this tv and that's it like he doesn't even question it himself or even bother to tell yeah because because the episode with uh the school and the kids like once he figures out what those those things are the crillotine uh, like he has, there's that scene where he's in the the pool. I think yeah. it's like the pool area with the guy, and he's talking to him about so like I know, yeah. I know what you are. Yep. Like wh- why do you need these people? I know what form you can take. And he's like, when did you get the wings? Like he knows, yeah. like they didn't used to have wings. How are you doing that now? Right. And with the wire, he like <laughs> he kind of figures it out. Like like right when they're in Magpie Electronics, he's like, oh, you don't have enough power. But he. Like you would have thought if he had known what they really are, he probably would have figured that out right. earlier. It's a good point. It's a good point. So he might not even know. They might be 
And, I, and like, again, going back to why people hate it, I think that's why. I feel like maybe they were just made up on the fly. And yep, people don't like that. Um, and viewing figures, overnight viewing figures for the initial broadcast of this episode was 6.32, peaking at 7.78 million. Audience share of 32.3%. The final rating was 6.76 million, making it the most watched program of the day. Nice. So the Britons like their who. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Chris, next up on the next episode, we're going to be talking about the impossible planet. This one looks good. This one looks real good. Got a lastroid look- action. Got a little uh, space. Looks like we got going on. So I don't those, know what's those going on. Guys, what's the, where isn't there a, uh, I don't know. Everybody looks some- like, it almost reminds me like it's, uh, I don't want to say it's like aliens, but it just looks like all these like space marines or so. You know what? It just looks like there's like yeah. military people kind of all set up here in this situation. Right. And, uh, so it says Rose finds herself further away from home than ever before, which is that possible? I thought they they did nah. that. That's the other thing. Rose didn't seem too broken up that Mickey is like gone. No. Nope. Like she comes yeah. walking out of that TARDIS in the poodle skirt. Ready to go. Hop on that she's scooter. She's fine. She's gone. <laughs> 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 Metaphorically, hop on that scooter. Uh, Rose finds herself further away from home than ever before in the orbit of a black hole trapped with an Earth expedition and the mysterious, is it Ode? O-O-D. Ood or Ode? Crazy the like time... uh, tentacle face people. Yeah, man. Worm face. Awesome. Uh, the time travelers face an even greater danger as something Ood. ancient begins to awake. Mm-hmm. Looks good. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Of course, you guys can email us. Please email us at thetardytardispodcast at gmail.com. You can find that link in the show notes down below. Of course, we'd love to hear your feedback, not only about this episode, but anything else uh, in the Whoverse. We'd love to hear from you guys. But of course, don't spoil things for us. You know, we're trying to keep it <laughs> on that level. Uh, but we do love getting emails and some feedback from you. And uh, the show is back. So if oh, yeah. you're if you've been listening here all along, or you just found the show recently, um, you know, here, welcome to the show. And but if it's been a while since you listened, either more on our own doing and not your own, we're back, my friend. So we are coming out every <laughs> single Friday here with new episodes of the Tardy Tardis. And uh, of course, if you are a Who fan and you know some other Who fans, let them know about the show. Because yeah. like you know, that's kind of the appeal of the show is that you kind of get to relive through all these episodes through us. Because we don't, we yeah. we've never watched it. We watch these for the first time every single week and talk about them here on the show. So um, that's kind of the fun of this. So let more people know about our show. And if you do like the show, whatever service you listen to it on, leave us a review over there because that helps kind of move us up the ranks amongst all those really popular and really famous other Doctor Who podcasts out there. <laughs> um, it kind of puts us in the mix with all those too. So. Um, yeah, help us out in doing that. So, with that, Chris, got anything you want to throw out there? No, man. Um, no. It's happy we're back in the TARDIS. Happy I mean, to be back in the TARDIS. So with that, everybody, thank you here for tuning in and hope your week is fantastic. <laughs> Wear your rubber soles. <laughs>